1: This is episode number nine of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. As always, I'm your host with the most, Sir Leroy Luna. That's right, I've recently been knighted, and I'm coming at you straight out of the closet with, um, I'm going to be honest with you, it's kind of a gross one. You're going to want to curl up on the couch and sip this episode slowly, really savor all the flavors, and let your senses take over. But before we get into it, I want to thank everyone for those five-star reviews. They just keep on coming, and it really helps out the show. I don't know how, but that's what everyone else says, so I guess it has to be true. Hey, I guess if people are talking about your show, it's never a bad thing. When no one's talking, that's when you're in trouble, and the silence can be deafening. So if you haven't already, please click five stars for me on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else if that's an option. I'd appreciate it. If you don't know what to write, I don't know, just say hi or tell a joke or something. Actually, that'd probably be the best option. Uh, if you guys could please start telling jokes on there. Maybe that's how I can kind of kick off the show with a joke or two, and I'll, I'll give you a shout-out. That'd be cool. Put everyone in the right frame of mind to uh, start things off, because that's all I want this to be, a happy place where you can just kind of hang out for a bit, tune out all that stress, have a good time, and keep politics, religion, and all that other stuff that tends to separate us out of here. Okay, well, you know what that sound means. Everybody hop in and let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with another tale of low-level true crime. And don't worry, my friends, I promise to have you back home in time for a relaxing cup of afternoon tea. Episode number nine, the tea tardy Oops. Episode number nine, the tea party. As much as you can eat healthy, it's also important to remember to drink healthy, too. Tea is very healing. Kristen Chenoweth. So true. And who doesn't like a nice piping hot cup of tea? Personally, I love it. Brings me back to a simpler time. My mom drinks four or five cups a day. That kettle is going off non-stop whenever she's around. Maybe it runs in the family. My grandma would always make me a cup of tea with a butter tart or some cookies when I'd visit. We'd sit down and play some Scrabble with my dad and my bro. An episode of Coronation Street blaring in the background as we enjoyed each other's company. Usually trash talking one another. My grandma recently passed away at the ripe old age of 96. Rest in peace, girl. Maybe that's why I've been drinking tea so often lately to try and recapture those moments I know I'll never get back. For me, drinking tea triggers nice memories of my family. It's comforting, like a warm blanket. But for some people, as we will soon find out, their memories of drinking tea are forever soiled, and they are left with nothing but a bad taste in their mouth. Okay, today we are headed to Indore, which is the largest, most populated city in the state of Madhya Pradesh, which is located in central India. That was a mouthful. So yeah, we're going to central India. If you are planning on visiting India sometime in the future, Indore may not be a bad place to start. According to indiatimes.com, in 2020, Indore was declared India's cleanest city for the fourth year in a row, a very prestigious honor. Although quite ironic, given the circumstances of the story. Let us enter the home of Rekha and Deepak Negvanchi. The year is 2014, and the couple are in a heated argument. Rekha is unhappy in this arranged marriage. She is fed up with how she's being treated by her husband, and to top it off, his parents are getting all up in their business. In-laws, am I right? So she moves back in with her parents to get away for a bit and do some heavy thinking. Let's get a quote from Reka's close friend Aaliyah on the situation. Quote, she said her husband treated her like a slave, and eventually she decided she'd had enough. But after moving out, he begged her to go back for the sake of their four-year-old daughter. End quote. Before we move on here, let's talk about arranged marriages for a moment. They sound awful, right? I mean, marriage is tough enough as it is. And that's even when you get to pick the partner you're attracted to, that you share common interests with, and after dating for a while. But there is something to be said about the success rate of arranged marriages, specifically in India. 90% of marriages in India are arranged, agreed upon by two families who usually already share a close bond. And India has the lowest divorce rate in the world, which at first glance makes you think, wow, I guess these arranged marriages really work then. Where do I sign up? But it has to be noted that there is a stigma surrounding divorce in India, There's a lot of pressure to make the marriage work regardless of the circumstances, which is why these numbers are so low. No doubt there are many people struggling through married life in India because that's just what you do. You tough it out through thick and thin. Okay, so after a little convincing, Rekha decides to move back with her husband and daughter. Making it work takes a little time. Sorry, it's a great tune. Okay, so there's a few stipulations attached to Rekha coming back to the household though. Deepak now has to help out with the cooking and cleaning, and also give her the occasional foot massage. Meow. He agrees, and life goes on for the couple. Things are improving with the deal they have struck, and it looks like these crazy kids are going to make it. That is until the meddling in-laws catch wind of this new arrangement. Deepak's mother, Suraj, and father, Ajith, are old school. They think the woman should take on all the cooking and cleaning duties around the house. So they get in Deepak's ear and are trying to convince him to break the agreement. That's when the story begins to take a crazy turn. I think we're all on Team Reka so far. She has a lot on her plate. She's stressed, she's got the daughter to take care of, and she just wants to be treated as an equal in her partnership and get some help with the daily chores and perhaps get pampered with a little foot massage every now and again. Meow! Sorry, a stray cat just entered the room here. Get out of here. Finally, when her husband agrees to help out, the damn in-laws show up and ruin everything. Rekha thinks long and hard about what she should do, and decides enough is enough. A little revenge on the in-laws is just what the doctor ordered. But what should she do? Siraj and Ajith come over a couple times a week. They sit there and hang out with Deepak, while she, of course, serves them, like a good little lady should. Brings them tea, while they probably criticize her serving skills, nothing's good enough for them. One day, when she's making a fresh pot, an idea forms in her head. Of course, the tea. Reka decides, how does the saying go? Revenge is a dish best served cold. Well, in this case, she's going to serve it hot, steaming hot. That's right, she decides her best course of revenge is to... Well, let's hear it from her gal pal, Aaliyah. Quote, is strong-minded and independent. And the thought of being dictated by Deepak's parents was just too much for her. So I guess that's when she decided to start doing what she did. And urinating in the tea. Quote. Yeah, you heard that correctly. She's literally so pissed off at the in-laws that she's going to serve it to them. This is pretty repulsive behavior, but I'm still on Team Reka. She's my kind of gal. The thing is, she doesn't just do this once. She does it for over a year. Every time the in-laws come over, she smiles and happily asks them if they'd like some tea. Now, I don't have the most sophisticated palate in the world, but I'd like to think if someone pissed in my tea, I might notice. So I decided to do a little digging on popular teas in India. There was an article in spruceeats.com that says that India is one of the leading countries in tea production. They drink a variety of teas over there, but one that caught my eye was the spicy chai which it says uses the country's rich spices. So maybe that's what they were drinking, a spicy chai tea. I feel like that would mask the odor of the urine a bit. Urine's acidic and tastes kind of spicy. I'm just guessing. I've never drank urine, at least not to my knowledge. As I discussed in a previous episode, I'll eat rabbit shit, but drinking urine? No thanks. Gotta draw the line somewhere, I guess. So yeah, I just found it kind of strange that the in-laws never mentioned a weird taste in the tea over that year of drinking urine. If someone dumped a shot of piss in my beer, I doubt I'd notice, especially if it was Corona, not a sponsor. But tea seems different. Maybe the flavor and aroma gets a little weaker when you boil it. So, anyways, this routine goes off like clockwork. It's a well-oiled machine. The in-laws come over, Reka serves up the pee, I mean tea, and everyone's happy. The perfect crime. That is until one day when Rekha is brewing up another concoction and Siraj goes to get something in the kitchen, and she gets quite an eyeful. She catches Rekha in the act. She catches her daughter-in-law in the middle of the kitchen squatting over the teapot, filling it with her special home brew. When I first read this, I couldn't believe it. I thought surely she had a different technique than literally peeing in the teapot. I guess I thought maybe she peed in a bottle? that she kept in her bedroom or something, and just poured a little in there each time. But no, she would just hike up her dress and pop a squat right in the middle of the kitchen. Unbelievable. Here's a quote from Siraj I got from an article done by India.com. Quote, We used to go and visit them once or twice a week, and although we knew she didn't like us, we had no idea she was doing this. She always smiled and offered us tea, and we accepted but one day I walked into the kitchen and found her urinating into the teapot. Quote. As you can imagine, Siraj and Ajith were disgusted when they found out this had been happening for the past year. They went to the police to file a report. The police just seemed to shrug it off and say it wasn't a case for them. Yikes. I guess they didn't take it seriously and without the evidence, It was just one of those he said, she said situations. Siraj did not give up that easily and decided to take out a private prosecution. Here is a final word from the angry, disgusted, and humiliated couple You cannot urinate in someone's tea for over a year and get away with it. We want justice. Apparently, you can, and Rekha did. No word on how the private prosecution went. I couldn't find any updates. This was back in 2015. As for the relationship, Rekha moved out after this, and it appears as though they split up. One of those rare cases of divorce in India. I don't think there's any way you can really come back from that. Maybe an apology and some flowers? Not sure. At this point, I should actually shout out a listener for putting me on the right track to finding the featured story on this episode. Saucy McLaughlin Riley. Thank you, Saucy. Saucy actually sent me a different story involving urine, and when I went to do some more research on the story, I came across this one and had to make a judgment call. The other crime involved a woman by the name of Holly Jones. The 45-year-old air traffic controller was quite upset after getting passed over for a promotion, so naturally she started urinating in the office coffee pot. Makes sense. That'll teach him. Here's how Holly, who lives in Sherrill, which is a small city in Oneida County, New York, got busted. The tower manager at Oneida County Airport smelled a strong odor coming from the coffee machine. Employees washed the machine and the smell wasn't going away. I guess the odor was fairly obvious and the tower manager decided to get the local authorities involved. So they ended up taking a sample of the smelly liquid brew in the coffee pot and got it tested. When they confirmed the substance-contained urine, state police set up a hidden camera to catch the culprit in the act. That's when they eventually caught Holly Jones pissing in the coffee pot and emptying it into the coffee maker. All you coffee drinkers probably thought you were safe with all this tea talk, didn't you? Luckily, no one ended up drinking the coffee. The odor was just too strong for anyone to fall for it, or admit to it at least, and no illnesses were reported. Holly Jones ended up serving some jail time for this incident, One month in the big house. She was charged with a misdemeanor count of creating a criminal nuisance. She also had to agree to counseling for a year after getting out. Clearly she's a little unstable, so that seems fairly reasonable. This was back in 2001, so hopefully she's doing okay. Here's a final word from Matthew Wirth, Oneida County Assistant District Attorney. Quote, we spoke at great length to some of her co-workers and we took their thoughts into consideration when we recommended the sentence. I think she accepted her punishment. I think 30 days for someone with no criminal record is appropriate. In this case, it was an unfortunate and somewhat unpleasant thing to do and some people were very upset. So we felt it warranted some jail time. End quote. Jeez, that dude must smoke a couple packs a day. So that was the difference between Reika and Holly. Reika wasn't punished because she didn't leave any evidence behind and was a little craftier with her technique. Holly was caught on camera, and they got a sample of her urine as well. Amateur. Very sloppy work. After dipping into the Holly Jones incident, I kind of regret not featuring it as a main story. I guess I kind of just did, though, so I won't dwell on it too much. This office incident reminded me of some of the pranks we used to pull on our workmates at the bingo hall. We used to get free fountain drinks there. One of the many perks of working at the bingo. So we messed with people's drinks quite often. A common one was ripping the edge of a vinegar packet and sticking the bottom end of the straw in it. So when you'd take that first sip, it was pure vinegar. Many times you'd see someone choking uncontrollably from that prank. Always hilarious. My buddy Simon was a redhead. Still is. And a couple times he ripped out a tough... Of his armpit hair and he'd sprinkle it on top of someone's drink. They'd take a couple sips before we told them to take the lid off. That would lead them to spew soda everywhere or start coughing up pubic fur balls. There was something about the pubes being orange that made it a little bit funnier. Shout out to all the redheads out there. Never met a redhead I didn't like. Getting back to our original story, I don't think what Reka did was that bad. The air traffic controller gone rogue suffered from a mental break in my opinion. Reka, on the other hand, was completely in control and of sound mind when exacting her revenge. Everyone who has annoying, meddling in-laws probably got a little bit of satisfaction out of this. She may even be considered a hero. My mother-in-law is not that bad. She may actually be listening, so I gotta be careful. I just want to let it be known that I would never squat over her tea or coffee and urinate in it. That's right, I squat when I pee. Why stand when you can sit? That's my motto. Gets me some strange looks at the urinal, but hey, that's the price I pay for comfort. A final side note here, I tried looking up the health benefits of drinking urine to defend these ladies and their actions. I read an article in Medical News Today, and the general consensus is that there aren't really too many health benefits to drinking it, and it seems like the risks far outweigh the rewards. Plus, it's usually your own urine you would want to be drinking, not someone else's. Basically, if you're looking for natural health remedies... See your doctor or a healthcare professional. I just want it on the record that I'm not advising anyone to drink their own piss. And after that completely unnecessary public service announcement, we are back. That's a wrap on episode number nine the Tea Party. I hope you enjoyed. That's another gross one. I guess that's only the second crime so far performed by a woman that I've covered. The first one was the mad pooper, and now we have some angry pissers. Not very ladylike behavior at all, quite frankly, I'm shocked and appalled. Do better, ladies. Do better. Or maybe I should find a wider variety of crimes with women as the perpetrator. That might be on me. Special thanks to Steffi for voicing the disclaimer, the operator for the show's theme music, My boo for her mad editing skills. And saucy McLaughlin Riley for inspiring this episode. I want to dedicate this one to my grandma. Hopefully you were out there somewhere enjoying a cup of tea while listening. Sorry it wasn't the classiest of episodes, but something tells me you would have enjoyed it anyways. She was always so supportive. Love you, Grandma. Okay, before we part ways here, I have a promo to play for you. It comes from Bloody Murder which is an Australian true crime podcast that I've really been enjoying lately. The hosts Tara and Barney are hilarious, while always ensuring that they are respectful towards the victims. I think you guys will really enjoy this one if you give it a shot. Man, I've really been getting a lot of love from all you Aussies lately, and I gotta say, the feeling is mutual. Anywho, I'll be back in 10 days with a Halloween-themed episode for you, so that'll be fun. Until then, take care, my friends. All right. Take it away, Tara and Barney. Is listening to true crime podcasts all the time getting you down, but you just can't stop? Try listening to Bloody Murder. We're an Australian comedy true crime podcast focusing on some of the lesser-known murder cases from Australia and around the globe. We use black comedy as a means to tell horrifying true crime stories. But our humour is respectful and never at the expense of victims or their loved ones. Bloody Murder has been nominated for four Australian podcast awards. We've been going for over three years now. So we have loads of episodes for you to binge. You can listen to Bloody Murder on Spotify and any of your favorite podcatchers.
0: Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer.